2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Monday Podcast Preview Show in partnership with the Greyhound, the finest place to spend your pre-match. Um, the pre-match is supposed to be all quiet, and you know, you know, the lull in the middle of the week, said before the before the weekend. But there's been rather a lot going on, hasn't there?
3: I was going to say it's not exactly yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a well. Another quiet week in the world of ITFC fans, isn't it?
2: Oh mate,
3: How <laughs> well, yeah, we had a manager going. We've had an awful performance away, and we've had players trying to fight fans and vice versa and stuff. Oh dear! A, a new, new, um, new, new, new dawn.
2: A new, 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 new dawn. When did you last come on the pod? Have we, have we had you? I don't think we've had you on the not, record. Not speaking since about... the sucking. No, no. Okay, go, go. Um, take us through. Take us through from about six <laughs> thirty on Saturday night.
3: Go. Uh, the shock, like everyone really, I was I was driving and I think I had a uh, Talksport or Five Live on in my in my car um, quite low, and, and I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sure I heard Paul Cook's been sacked or something. I thought that can't be right, and then obviously my phone starts lighting up with the uh, with the WhatsApp group and stuff, and I was like, oh god, he has he has actually gone. Yeah, I You've guess like everybody's shocked. Notification,
2: gotta turn those <laughs> notifications off. there. <laughs> just ding 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 all day, isn't
3: it? I think just like everybody's shock at the timing probably the right decision and overall just sad because you know he was such a bubbly infectious character he seemed to really really get it everyone really really liked him and I think we all really really wanted it to work didn't we but unfortunately you know there's several sliding doors moments during his tenure um but, but unfortunately it hasn't worked out and I guess we have to we have to now move on with is it fair to say not the most inspiring list of potential replacements as it stands at the moment well, I don't know. The, the the proofs in the pudding is isn't
2: it? It's it, a, a list is one thing, and the person's ability to come in and inspire and do the job is something totally different. Um, it's just it's just this whole. Uh, I was talking to someone on YouTube that, and the word sour came up, and I thought it's a very good word. This whole thunk around yeah. the club that, um, like you like you were saying, we to be back here three months after so an optimistic.
3: Soon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um so um John McGreal obviously took Ipswich at Charlton and he made it very clear in his pre match that he was literally learning players' names yeah on Monday in the training session. (laughs) He got sold down the river there, didn't he?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm guessing Sunday would have been a rest day. So we probably had them for about an hour or or two on on Monday morning or whatever before they headed down to Charlton on on Tuesday morning. So the poor guy's had no time to do anything whatsoever, has he? And I guess that could probably be said of of this weekend's game as well, because you know Wednesday would have been a rest day. So they've done a bit of training yesterday and I assume they're going to travel up sort of early doors tomorrow. So you know poor John McGrill's had so Little time to to really put his, his, his stamp on the uh, on the squad and stuff. I guess we'll come on to a bit of a bit of news of potential, you know, strikers maybe returning to the uh, uh, to the fold. But but the poor guys had virtually no time to do anything.
2: Yeah, I agree. All I will say is you'll learn a hundred times. This is a musician's adage. You would learn a hundred times more from a gig than you do from you know a hundred rehearsals. Essentially, he'll have learned a hell of a lot from. Taking that game, albeit I totally agree with you. Monday would have been who's fit, how is yeah. everybody, figure out a team, little bit of shape, probably a literally probably just a, I don't know, some kind of like small sided match or something. And then away you go and you're literally in a game, aren't you? And um, needless to say, much to nobody's surprise with all the chaos and lack of prep,
3: it didn't go very well no well I thought we might get a bit of a response I was I, I was manager bit to bounce, Seb. Well, yeah we don't do that do we <laughs> no I just kind of thought the players might sort of I don't know you know we had all the all the buzzwords from Ashton and the squad and the, the tweets from people after he left on Saturday night saying we've let him down we've got to put this right this season isn't dead that kind of stuff so naively and stupidly I kind of forgot I was an Ipswich fan for 10 minutes and I kind of thought <laughs> oh, we might get a bit of a reaction here or maybe they'll show some passion and some some fight and you know want to want to improve their reputations and obviously we got absolutely nothing like that did we it was an absolute absolute horror show I've seen people say it was probably the worst performance of the season and I, I think I have to agree with that because it was just it was just so passionless and so ponderous the football and slow and it, it was just a mess wasn't it it really does go to
2: show. I remember like, my dad used to say to me, oh, it's a confidence game, Ben. It's completely a confidence game. And there's moments where I'm like, he is so right. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. players that have banged in six against Doncaster, four against Pompey. Add in the, that layer of chaos, uncertainty, all the horrible atmosphere and, you know, can't string a pass together, can't, you know, can't get anywhere near Charlton. Um Uh, obviously being careful about this what were your thoughts on the uh, understandable frustration um, of the fans at the end perhaps certain fans and maybe one player in understandably emotional state maybe took things a little too far but we move on but what were your what were your thoughts on that
3: yeah like you say you know you can kind of understand the passion and the you know the 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 frustration of the guys that have gone there you know 3000 people there like you said a minute ago we're back to this stage already after so much optimism so much goodwill and so much almost happiness you know for a 6 month period and we just feel like we're right back to where we start but the aggression towards Nciala was bang out of order the the guy that got on the pitch you know you just you just that's just ridiculous you know i assume he'll be identified and be be banned from football for grounds for for life or whatever toto uh, I didn't get to watch the game. I had it on Radio Suffolk because I was on Christmas Party Taxi Duty. Um, but I, saw, uh, I, I sort of saw the clips on Twitter and stuff. I don't know if he went to Seb, clap if the that fans. Is not, if
2: that is not a movie that's trending on Netflix, Christmas Party Taxi Driver, <laughs> before the end of the month, I'll be very disappointed. Sorry, go on.
3: I don't know if Toto went to clap the fans at the end and they just kicked off at him and he, he reacted to it. I don't know. We, we obviously got the, the polished statement the next day that Toto definitely wrote himself. Uh, <laughs> that was obviously pushed out very quickly and uh I guess we move on. But you know I can understand the frustrations of the fans but there is absolutely no excuse for the for the abuse, the aggression and the the idiot that ran on the pitch.
0: And it's also difficult. to push
3: to push Walton is bizarre, isn't it? Because you know was <laughs> the, yeah. the nine out of ten who stopped it being 6-0. I guess when you're confronted by him or what six foot three Brickhouse, Toto NCR, you probably think I'll take yeah. the, I'll push the slightly smaller guy but yeah, you you can't, obviously can't do that at all
2: I don't know, I can't speak for the people that were there I know a number of Ipswich fans who don't like going to London games anymore, yeah, and yeah. this is not just an Ipswich thing, by the way I think I think a lot of supporters you know, make a day of it and they're not driving because of the there's better public transport in London obviously with the tubes and I dare say, a lot of it is just alcohol fuel, yeah. isn't it? A bit of alcohol. Uh, the um, obviously, as a pod, we completely defend anybody's free speech. You know, to if you want to boo, if you want to protest, as long as it doesn't cross cross the line, that's fine. And we, you know, we, you anyone reserves the right to do that if they deliver the message in the right way, but. Yeah, it just ticked over. And then, of course, it's on social media, isn't it? And, and it goes um, viral
3: and, you know, outlets are reporting horrible scenes at Ipswich Games. And it's just such a shame after the the, the happiness and the the joy of the, the last six months or so. You know, we're right back to where we started. But I guess when you're at the bottom, you can only start to start to move up, can't you?
2: It's one of those things, isn't it, as well, where you um, and I, I know I'll get accused of trying to sweep it under the carpet or whatever, but you make of it what you make of it. <clears throat> If you if you're in a bad mood and you want to be outraged by you know an apology coming back or the you know the the back and forth or whatever you will but I just find it all a little bit okay fine he shouldn't have done that he shouldn't have done that passions were running high apology fine and remember if they don't issue an apology those people who want to be annoyed by that will be annoyed by it yeah. if they do issue an apology. Those people who want to be annoyed by that will be annoyed by that. And it's there, there is no good way out of this situation other than saying, okay, can, can, can we move on now? Yeah, Do you understand? It's,
3: it's, yeah, it's happened. You know, the, the club issued the apology on behalf of, of Toto. The chap will probably get banned, the guy that ran on the pitch, etc. Now a line needs to be drawn under it and we, we need to move in. Whether whether Toto plays at the weekend, obviously he might be taking out the firing line for a week or so. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, we all need to move on now and it's, it's not the kind of thing we want to associate with our club, is it?
2: No, no, not at all. Um, speaking of association with our club, have you tried to follow these betting lines at all for the new manager? <laughs> the ones that change
3: every, every time someone sits a tenner
2: it's like mid-table in the championship, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Every time I look at my phone, it seems to be someone someone different. I think only one betting company are actually running odds on it. I I logged onto the one I regularly use, and it was nowhere to be seen. So I guess that's a sign of of where we are, you know, at this at this stage of our history. But yeah, you know, the, the, it seems to be changing almost on a, a daily basis. I think I did a bit of this script prep work yesterday. And I think since then, the, the lead favourites changed four or five times and new people have plummeted down the, the pecking order. So, yeah, it's just changing left, right and centre, isn't it? And anyone floating your boat in there? Well, obviously, get you know, after what Rich and Dave were saying on the the post-match show for, uh, after the Charlton game, that's still available on YouTube. Everyone should give it a listen. Uh, for me, Warnock, I'd like that kind of character come in and really galvanise this, <laughs> galvanise this squad. You know, I've got images of him making Selena his Adele to rapt, and you know, telling the rest of the squad, this man will get you promoted. Give him the ball, <laughs> and Selena. All,
2: the- all of a sudden, doesn't even have to come and train. Anyway. Yeah, we're just, all a ride you, you together. Just, and- <laughs> you just come on Saturday. It's fine, son.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I can't and do the voice. It could be brilliant. You know, you see the clips of him on, on YouTube and stuff and Twitter and stuff, you know, the, the passion that, that he shows. And
2: Seb, that's always a good predictor if someone wants to get back in. He's on with Alan Brazil every morning
3: at the moment, isn't he? And he didn't rule it out. I've not heard it, but apparently he didn't rule it out this morning. Obviously, oh, Brazil not, must not, have not, asked him, mustn't he? Yeah, he's not going to yeah. He's not going to turn himself down. I think he was hinting that a deal to the end of the season might, might might you know, suit him because I think he's planning to retire for the fifth or sixth time <laughs> in, the, in the last... Uh, I believe that last, when I see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the last few years so for me i'd like that kind of figure to come in i totally understand the point of view about wanting a builder and a philosophy but for me we'll do that kind of stuff when we get to the championship let's just get out of this godforsaken league and i think our best chance of doing that is with someone like him at the helm because he'll galvanize the club he'll bring people together it will be it'll be a great journey let's be honest you know he'll he'll either be here for the whole season or he'll be gone after three or four days when he's had a row with somebody and it could just be absolutely superb you know superb for the for the rest of the year Talk to me about
2: um, Neil Harris and John Terry.
3: Yeah, obviously, you know Neil Harris is now the, the favourite, and Andy Warren's tweeted tonight saying that he is keen and he's under consideration by the club. It's moved the betting lines again now, Andy. Yeah, it changed again. I mean, that's just—I don't know. It doesn't. It's not an inspiring uh, appointment, is it? Let's be honest. You know, he's, he's got a decent track record. Obviously, he took took Millwall up from from League One. He, did he get in the Championship playoffs with Cardiff one year? I think. And he did with Cardiff. Yeah, it was. Um, do you know his best work
2: was when he didn't get in the playoffs the year before with Millwall? They went seventeen unbeaten. That was a really good side that did not. I can't swear on it. Didn't give an f. Honestly, they just attacked and pressed everybody. They were they were direct without being kind of. Um, you, you know, I, I think sometimes Seb direct managers get conflated with pragmatic managers, and they're not. It's like you know, like Gareth Ainsworth. He's not pragmatic. They they really attack, don't they? they yeah. You know, you you were at that game, weren't you? They. They, you know, they've really put men forward and get that ball forward, don't they? Um, and um, I wouldn't necessarily have Neil Harris as a long ball merchant. It was very four four f in two with a couple of wingers, and yeah. you know, um, I, I think he would quite liked it to, to have been. And this will be a very dated reference, but a sort of Alex Ferguson four four two type thing. You know, double up on one side. Don't be too risky, but counter attack and move when when you get the ball. So. Um, I just have Joe's words in my ears, Seb, about a modern forward thinking guy who can work in a structure
3: and, He's more of an old school manager, isn't he? But then I guess Warnock is Warnockers as well. Yeah. You know, he's one of those that's going to want to do everything. Whereas with this new this new structure we've now got, at the club it's very much a, a head coach kind of role and leave the other stuff to the the other departments. So I don't know. It's just not an, an appointment that would excite me. John Terry, you said I, I I don't think we'll be giving it to somebody with with no experience at all, will we? You know, he's a a bit of a divisive figure, and he. And so he interviews them. True, I guess he's done the village obviously as the assistant manager, but I think it'd be a big risk to give him his first job. You know, the, these owners aren't messing around; they want to get out of this league. And so, I, I, you know, if it was me, I'd be going for the the not the not the guaranteed you know win, but the the one that's got the highest probability. And then, by all means, once you get to the championship, you can be a bit more ruthless and you can appoint you know your your Liam Manning and stuff and your Chris Hogg and and look to really build something and push on from there. But let's just get out of this league.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. Something in my head kind of likes it. I don't know why. I don't know why at all. But um, it feels more down the Roy Keane type of a point. Like, to be fair to Roy Keane, he'd had a promotion. And yeah, his record was man- great. Yeah. And a managerial record. Whereas someone like John Terry, um, it really is down to how does he interview and, mm. and what are his what are his ideas. What Ipswich fans mustn't do that Norwich fans did... Is fall into what I call the overcorrection hole, where they were so keen to, because of the heavy links with Frank Lampard, they were so keen to not be accused of um, being, you know, dazzled by the big name that they went completely the other way and went, we, we don't, we don't just want a big name for a big name's sake. And then um, I speak to a lot of Norwich fans doing my channel, and I said. That that's not the reality of what's happened I have not heard one football fan say I want him because he's a big name no one thinks that so I think sometimes obviously having a big name and being Steven Gerrard Frank Lampard or John Terry opens doors for you yeah but also I think in terms of perception I think there's a big overcorrection. everyone's very keen to write them off just because they they don't want to appear to be seduced by the big name does that make sense
3: yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, and obviously some of those guys have got a great track record. You know, look at look at what Gerrard did up in up in Scotland. I guess that's a sliding doors moment. I don't know how how he, if he was interviewed in 2018 along with Lampard, and we went for Hearst, but you know sometimes these guys can just you know come out of nowhere and uh, and and do really really well. But but realistically, Lampard's not going to be interested here in the slightest. Is he? You know, at worst, surely he'll want if he didn't want to do Chalice. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll want Championship yeah. at, at worst. Surely he's got he's going to have no interest. I don't think coming down to coming down to our league. I saw Mowbray is the latest one who's plummeted. In the odds. I think he's gone from twelve Black, to one Black to Black, four uh, to one or something. But they're fourth, the, aren't they? Yeah, top
2: of the form table in in the Championship. And Brereton Diaz is smashing in goals every every week, and they they look really good, don't they?
3: Yeah. So it's like like I said, it's not the most inspiring list. And I get we'll see how it, how it plays out. I assume they're going to want the guy in for for next uh, next weekend with with Sunderland and the ownership group coming over, aren't they? So we should hopefully maybe see something sort of early ish next week. In terms of that word, inspiring, though, said we do need to remember as as
2: much as we think we're a big deal, we do need to remember where we are as well. Oh apparently.
3: yeah, yeah. Like I said, that that's reflected, isn't it, in the list? You know, you look at the, the the list of candidates, and it's it's very much an uninspiring list. But that just shows where we are. We are a mid-table uh, League One side. Okay, we've got the investment behind us, and I guess that's attractive to some people. But you know, we're we, we're a big club. Hopefully we've still got a bit of a bit of pull and a bit of draw to us, but we can't attract those, you know, higher calibre managers anymore given where we are.
2: And just to cover our backside set, we are recording at eight twenty-seven <laughs> on Thursday night. If any news has transpired since uh, we've had this discussion, we didn't know it hasn't happened yet. Okay. So we're just um, speculating. And I, I think that's I think people need to be very humble in their assessments sometimes. We don't know too do is. A lot of guesswork and um, I, I would like to have a little sneak at Mark Ashton's phone is all, all I would say and see um, see some of the texts and messages and emails that he's actually sending and what discussions are actually happening. Anyway, we've got a game to talk about, Seb, and it's not a very easy one. Yeah. Would you like to talk about former FA Cup winners Wigan.
3: <laughs> well, obviously, after you've had a bit of a shock show against uh, Charlton and you've got no official manager and things are up in the air, I guess you want a nice, easy game, don't you? And unfortunately, we definitely don't have that this weekend. I was doing the research and trying to find crumbs of comfort, as I call them. Sometimes things stand out to you. You know, you can see, oh, well, they see a lot of goals and this, this and this, but... You know, we are gonna just—they uh, are absolutely purring at this stage, aren't they? They won last night, played last night, so they're second in the championship, joint top. Uh, sorry, Championship League One, joint top uh, with Rotherham. But they've got a game in hand over Rotherham as well. So you know, they're absolutely flying. Forty-one points for the season. Uh, they've scored thirty-six goals, conceded seventeen. The only crumb of comfort I can find is that their home form isn't that amazing. They're amazing away from home, but their home form is sort of uh, ninth, tenth, or so I think it is in the, yeah, in, the in the league. Yeah. So they're not amazing. At home, back to back wins, a, though, Seb. Yeah, but they have lost three there. Uh, they've lost the Sheffield Wednesday, MK Dons, and Lincoln. So nineteen points from home. We've taken seventeen uh, at Portman Road as a, as a you know a, a measure of, uh, of comparison. Um, but but yeah, they are absolutely purring, and, and Liam Richardson's really really got them firing, hasn't he? Who's this Liam Richardson you speak of? Well, I think he'd be, apparently be quite good as an assistant manager. You know, he's uh, he apparently he all the defensive work at, at Wigan and stuff. No, he's done really, really well, let's be honest. He was appointed caretaker when Cook left, when Paul Cook left in uh, uh August 2020, just before the start of the, the, the league one season after they were relegated and the squad was kind of decimated and, and, and picked apart. Uh They then appointed John Sheridan for a couple of months. I think he was there two, three months from September to November 2020. He goes... Richardson comes back in and gets the job and he 's absolutely done brilliantly. They survived last season on forty eight points when most people had them you know guaranteed to to go down ala Bolton the year before when they had their squad decimated and he 's just done brilliantly you know he's been since he was made permanent he's got an average points per game of one point eight seven he 's absolutely flying and you know he was cook's right hand man. man, it's man. Like- top four doesn't it yeah. yeah very much so he's cooked right hand man as we all know it's one of those sliding doors moments like like Lambert and Culverhouse we'll never know what what could have been I think we were all fairly shocked last April weren't we, when Wigan sent out the the tweet and the update saying he'd, he'd signed a permanent deal and it really really put a spanner in the works but he's they're absolutely flying they're doing really really well uh do you want to talk to me about some
2: individuals um Seb there's the uh that's the team
3: from the other night against Yeah, so they played they played last night against Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury and actually oh, they actually were quite lucky. Night? Yeah, they were quite lucky to win it. It was a 25-yarder in the 92nd minute to win the game. They won 2-1. Um they played 4-2-3-1 obviously being a a Paul Cook apprentice. I thought that so- um, strategy didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Good old coaching, eh? Yeah, so 4-2-3-1. <laughs> uh, full-backs like to bomb on. It's all the things we've been saying. Oh, really? To see. Yeah, it's all the things we've been expecting an to see. What original ideas, then? The last nine months or so. You know, you've got your two central, the double pivot in central midfield, who will just sit there and mop it up and swing the balls out wide. And then the quality is the front three and the whoever plays up top, obviously. So they brought in a fair few uh, transfers in the summer. The takeover went through towards the end of last season, I think, didn't it? So they were able to go out and bring in some, some well-known names. So you've got Ben Amos in goal. Uh, He's established himself as the first choice keeper after joining from Charlton. Guion Edwards, obviously, been around, yeah, years, hasn't he? Yeah, he came through Man United's academy, didn't he? And he's one of those. Perennial loanies out and then sort of, you know, gets a couple of championship gigs and League One gigs. But he started every game there so far this season. Obviously, we know about Gwion Edwards. He's not starting for them. He's only started two games this season. Obviously, Paul Cook offered him a deal, but he turned it down and wanted to go up there. He, had, he has scored, um, but only started two games. He's not a first choice player up there. Jack Watmar joined from P- uh, Portsmouth to add some real quality and solidity at the back. And then they went to Sunderland, didn't they? And signed Charlie Wyke and Max Power. Uh, well, I think we were linked with both, definitely Charlie Wyke. And I think we were linked with Max Power as well. Um, They've both come in. Charlie Wyckoff's unavailable. He's had a a medical issue from a couple of weeks ago where it it, it sounds like he had a a cardiac arrest at the training ground and and Liam Richardson administered CPR and and saved him from from what the reports are saying. So obviously we wish him well. He scored five goals in 15 games. He was doing okay uh, before his injury. Max Power is one of the main creators of the team with one goal and and six assists. He's been slotting in at right back recently uh, due to injuries and stuff, but he was suspended last Last night, and I assume he'll come straight back in to, to start against us on, on the weekend. James McLean, I guess you'll know him from your, your championship stuff. You know, Liar. yeah, been there before, rejoined the club in from the pre- Stoke. Been there before in the Premier League as well. Yeah, uh, some really big yeah. money moves. He didn't have a big money move to, to West Brom at one point and then to Possibly, Stoke yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um he's playing well this season, five goals, two assists from the, the left hand side. So you know they've recruited really, really well this summer. I remember thinking at the time, I thought they had the best transfer window other than us. Uh, mm. in, in the summer and I'll be honest when you look at where we are now and versus them you know they clearly got their recruitment absolutely spot on didn't they absolutely yeah and there's a few other names that are just jumping off the
2: page there um DeRiqua, I remember tearing us a new one for Forest. Forest, yeah under Lambert the right back Joe Bennett I'm surprised uh Mick didn't fancy him at Cardiff he was sort of ushered ushered out I think I'm getting the right Bennett
3: that's yeah. it. Yeah, he's only he's only he must have been injured when he signed because it was his first game he had a of the nasty season. nasty the injury last season, Seb. Okay, yeah, so he must have been recovering and it was his first start of the season last night against okay. Shrewsbury. Um, uh, Cous- yeah.
2: Cousins is he on loan from Stoke? I've seen no, definitely seen him
3: playing yeah, the championship they've signed him I think permanently but again he's been one that's had a bad injury so he started the last couple so expect him to start in the double pivot um alongside is it uh, it's Naylor isn't it is there other one who sits in yeah. uh, the midfield Tom Naylor yeah he's the guy that sits in the midfield so they've got some real quality there and like us they've been <laughs> able to attract players to to drop down from a much higher level and Will Keane just <laughs> smacks of David McGoldrick this
2: player where we'll watch him and think well, you're you're good you know i can i can see that you're a good player but could never get him on the pitch and evidently other clubs can
3: yeah, like you said, it's exactly like McGoldrick, isn't it? You know, we had him a couple of times on loan, and we signed him permanently. He did all right, didn't get a run of games. Really scored what five, six goals maybe. But this year, he's played every single game, and he's currently uh, their top scorer with nine goals and five assists. When when Wyke was fit, he was playing in the number ten role, and that's where we we never really saw him there for us, did we? You know, on. on it tried, it
2: tried it a few times. I liked it because he's kind yeah. of a hybrid nine,
3: ten, nine and a half, isn't he? and his touch was so good and his awareness and bringing others into play and stuff, you know, so they've certainly managed to get a tune out of him and uh, uh, last night, Callum Lang, he's their sort of, their right their right forward, their, their right attacker. Uh, he's got seven goals and four assists so far this season. He played through the middle last night because of the injury to Wyke and the absence of Max Power, I think, to slot into the, the number 10 slash attacking midfield role. So, it'll either be Keane back up front leading the line against us or they might go Lang up top again and, uh, and Keane in the number 10 role. But yeah, he's, he's done really well there, hasn't he?
2: Comparisons are just startling with us, aren't they? Obviously they had the horrible horrible um time with the the takeover in the championship and like being immediately uh put into administration. I think they had quite a good manager in the championship, although I can't quite recall can't quite recall who it was. But they seem to have gone very heavy on salary from what I hear yeah. about Wyke and McLean particularly. I know we've done the same and as you pointed out, Seb, it hasn't Quite gone as well. But for all of those people who think Ipswich signed too many players, they're probably citing Wigan as the example for the right amount of players
3: to sign, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was it was ten players coming. In. What were we? Were we nineteen in the end or twenty, something like that, wasn't it? Nineteen or twenty arrivals. Basically, twenty out, twenty in, wasn't it? Yeah, they've had ten come in. Eight have left. Obviously, Lee Evans is the standout one that moved on. Um, he looks like a really good sort of box to box championship solid player. You know, who can who can fire balls out wide. So, whether he's gone, I guess he's probably doing a really good job there. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're just a, a really side. Like I said, they've scored 36, blue Monday is sponsored by Sarcasm, <laughs> yeah, thirty six goals so far this season, so 1.9 goals per game. They create 2.1 big chances per game and score 1.9 games. They're pretty clinical uh, with the chances they create. They're a side that like to keep the ball, so 57.3% possession uh, is the norm. Uh, They average 362 short passes. They are not a long ball side by any means. I guess when you've got Charlie Wyke up front, the temptation would be there to sort of hit him, you know, from the back or whatever. But they seem to like to play the the, the short game. Uh, defending only conceded 17 goals after the one last night, which is 0.9 goals per game. And they've kept eight clean sheets so far this season. So they are really, really looking uh, a really, really solid bet for, well, I assume the top two really. It's got to be surely them or Rotherham to, to go back up. as an-
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. at participating restaurant's 18 plus serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: The more I watch League One, Seb, it's far more so than the championship. You really have to be a hybrid of a modern side and an old school side, don't you? In the Even Championship, it it, yeah. I think you can knock the ball about a lot and win more games than you lose if you do it well. But this is obviously where we've completely fallen down because we've just never a hybrid of a side that can handle themselves and play. Whenever you hear old Graham Sooners talking, he always says that. He says, I'm a better player than you, but I'll also beat you in a fight, you know, as well. And really like that in league one now, isn't it? And I suppose with teams like, like Rotherham and, um, Wickham, who pretty much nail that, don't they? They're good, but they can handle themselves. Um, I'd put Wigan in that bracket as well,
3: wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. They've got some some real sort of physical uh presence and stuff and and, and they can they can mix it. You know, we, we I'm sure we heard Paul Cook at one of these fans forums say that you know the easiest way to to to, to do well in league one is a long diagonal to a a, a tall striker who'll then knock it down for his strike partner or one of the three behind him to to get involved. So, you know, sometimes we can overcomplicate football, can't we? And sometimes, like you said. The, a hybrid of being a, a modern-day passing side bombing on full-backs uh, does need to be replaced with a, a simple long ball forward to the guy to hold up to it and bring others into play.
2: It's, no, it's knowing, when to, knowing when to do each and yeah. having players that you trust to um, make that decision rather than just having a completely nailed-down you know, pattern of play that you have to do every time and I know we always allude back to well John McGreal go figure and Mark Venus knowing no do you know what I'm gonna go long um yeah. you know let's get up let's get up the pitch let's hit Richard Naylor or James Scowcroft or whatever so there we go we're not advocating long ball football but we're in league one and we understand the um the premise that you have to mix it. Um uh, before we go to your um fact of the week Seb, is there anything else there on Wigan. um, I'm sure everyone's already. This feels like one of the ones that Harry used to do when we in 1819. When we were absolutely
3: terrible, and every week it was. Yeah, the opponents are quite a lot better than us. <laughs> that That is very much what it is, I'm afraid. I mean, in terms of what to expect from them, they like to attack down the right. You know, Callum Lang's been out there for most of the season and Diawakar's got a good a good understanding with him. So they, they they like to get down the right. So whether or not we'll see Danassi in at left back in, I'm not so sure. Uh, consistent team selections, you know, they're very much a 4-2-3-1. I guess you could argue there's no sort of real plan B, but their plan A is working so well at this stage, they don't really need one. They're quite an aggressive side. They've had 44 yellows so far. Like I said, Max Power. Was suspended last night, so they do like to, you know, they're not the bit foully, and they'll they'll put themselves about and let teams know that they're going to be in for a a bit of a battle. They're quite mentally strong. This is quite interesting. I thought they've they've come back from losing positions and won seven points after going behind, so they're, they're almost the exact opposite to You're us. talking about we... a late goal last night as well. Yeah. They, keep, do that, don't they? they do, they keep going, don't they? They like to attack from wide positions, averaging 22 crosses per game, So the likes of Edmondson, and if NCR was playing alongside him, or if Wolfenden or Burgess come in. But when you say then... that, NCR... Are ncl is good at that head it kick it stuff isn't he yeah or Burgess, i guess potentially to add some extra physicality yeah. da- uh, back there um but yeah the only crumb of comfort i can give people is that the uh, the home form isn't that amazing it's you know it's it's, it's lower lower high part of the table uh, and they've only scored 14 goals at home they score a lot more goals away than they do at home so we'll take those couple of uh, crumbs of comfort shall we
2: remind me we'll go to your fact of the week Seb but remind me we'll we'll talk about um seems a bit of a moot point well we've got a caretaker manager uh, but we'll talk about what you think we should do in just a sec but let's just go to your um fact of the week Seb and I need to press this button
3: bloody video um (laughs) everyone probably knows this one it's 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 a fact of the week but I'm sure everyone knows it Wigan are the only side to ever win the FA Cup and be relegated in the same season never happened before 2012 2013 obviously Ben Watson wins in the FA Cup with a 92nd minute header or whatever it was against Man City I was relegated few games Seb I've been a neutral and I jumped out of my seat and celebrated the
2: goal that way I got nothing against Man
3: City but it was great wasn't it relegated in the same season so i remember afterwards a lot of when they went down i seem to remember either sky or bbc or somebody interviewing wigan fans and they were saying stuff like you know I, uh, would you have accepted this at the start of the season to be relegated but to win the fa cup and and the vast majority said yes you know you, we're now it's a dilemma, cup winner, isn't it? so yeah it's a great day out and i guess at that stage you assume you'll come straight back up because you've got that that confidence but but yeah that's the uh, the fact of the week this week and um,
2: same Wigan side, one of the one uh, of two teams to be relegated with a parachute payment um, <laughs> later. La- that was in the four years of the parachute payments. But um, I don't want to jump on that soap horse, but I was quite pleased to hear Rick Perry's um, comments today. He was um, very bullshy about it. Um, I know we're going to get tweets about this. So Middlesbrough got to two cup finals and got relegated. Am I right? Under Brian Robson? In the season where they didn't show up at Blackburn we're talking ninety five ninety yeah ninety six possibly yeah I think so. Brighton, yeah, think so. do you remember Brighton against manchester united um and Smith must score David Diamond would tell me the year everything <laughs> um they got relegated and um he had that big chance to win the cup didn't he so yeah, I think people have come people have come very very close without doing it um again. It's a ridiculous question that's probably a waste of your breath answering (laughs) (laughs) on the basis that it will likely be John McGreal's last game or penultimate game and we're not really building... To a lot. Um, what do you expect him to do? Your, well, again, like we said, yeah, he's had deep no- knowledge of John McGreal's technical profile. Yeah. <laughs>
3: he's had he's had no time at all, has he? So surely there can't be anything dramatic to change. Didn't wasn't I think Lee Johnson before the Sunderland game a couple of weeks ago was interviewed and they said, you know, why aren't you changing formations and tactics? And I think he said it took something like six solid training sessions or something to start to implement a new tactic and familiarity. So I'll be astounded if it's anything other than, than four, two, three, one, surely. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't know. I don't... I'd love a three at the back. I, I would love three at the back with, you know, uh, Vincent Young uh, and Danassian, I guess, playing as the, the wing backs. And then, you know, you could have Selina in the hole if he's fit or Chapman in the hole just behind Piggott and Bond. And I think that would lend itself really well to our squad. You could get Wolfenden in there for your, you know, your building out from the back quickly. You could have Edmondson in the centre as your, you know, your organiser and your, your physical presence. And then Burgess used to play on the left at Accrington. So, you know, he gives you more physical presence again. And I'd love to see that, but I just can't see it happening given the the relatively short time that, that McGreal's had know. to work with them. It's just frustrating, isn't it, Seb?
2: I remember Jose Mourinho when um, he would have, it would have been between Man United and Spurs. He went on Sky for a while. He was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. The most overqualified pundit you've ever known in your life. But he did this brilliant sort of soliloquy on philosophy versus shape and if your philosophy is down you can change shape to anything do you know do you know I know um obviously you have players that fit certain positions but I take his point that if you broadly everyone knows what they're doing and knows the way the manager wants to set up and play it shouldn't be hard to block out midfield or stick an extra center half in like you're
3: like you're talking about well, we saw it under Burley. You said it on the on the flagship, didn't hey, you? We Joe saw it, it under it Burley. Him, yeah? It was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one player slightly changes position, and we can go from a you know a three-five-two for four years getting promoted to suddenly playing four-four-two in the Premier so League I've effortlessly seen, because I've they know Neal,
2: what's. I've seen Neil Warnock when I watched Cardiff put Sol Bamba in midfield. You know, just stick a centre half in midfield, fill up the space, just tweak slightly. You're not telling me Sol Bamba is Andrew Pirlo, are you? For goodness' <laughs> sake! No, but but. There's obviously a very clear, you know, right, you need to go in there and stop this happening or, or whatever. And um, I know Paul Cook was all about, we'll play this way and this is what we'll do. But we're in a situation temporarily where we we're completely rudderless going away to a very, very decent team. And perhaps stopping them might just be short term. I'm not saying I want us to play like that forever, but, you know, just maybe just make it hard and be competitive and, I hate to sound like Mick McCarthy, but Nick of you know what yeah.
3: I mean? Do all the things we didn't do on Tuesday night, you mean? You know, make yourselves yeah, make it hard and scrap for it and let them know that they're in a game, kind of go back to, to basics a little bit. I think there will be changes. There has to be, surely. You know, I, I can't see, surely Morsey and Evans aren't going to start in the, the central midfield positions. I'd like to see Almazuni come in. Uh, he said Burns and Coulson today are still still a little bit away, aren't they? So we won't be seeing them, but the Danassian experiment at left-back didn't really work, did it? Whereas, he used to play Vincent Young at left-back when he was at Colchester so maybe they'll swap flanks I, I don't know
2: did Morsey and um, Evans ever play together at Wigan
3: I presume so yeah they must have probably, must have done. probably
2: did didn't they yeah, yeah they I, must I, have done I'm trying to remember I just remember the good championship team I think did Evans went he went off somewhere and then came back didn't he I'm sure he only
3: to- made about 20 or 25 appearances that you know the year they got put into administration and, and yeah and taker and stuff he he only played roughly half the games
2: yeah, interesting. I'm trying to trying to get me
3: um trying but to make me years in a row. They were so know. poor, weren't they? The two of them, they were so bad against Charlton that surely one of them will drop out and either maybe bring in Tom Carroll and his you know his bit of quality and guile and his you know his bit of calmness on the ball. Maybe that could be there. Or El Mazzini, who likes to put himself about and has done done really well every time he started this season. Or like you say,
2: the third man to ditch the ten and stick an eight in Eight in there and uh, block it up but you've just told you just told me the attacking profile is to move the ball down one side so you you might just get missed out in um central midfield if they're good at that anyway god i'm depressing myself now how how does it to this? this
3: Or we just want to see a better performance, don't we? You know, if we were to lose 1-0, but give it a real go, show some quality, show some passion, if we're a bit unlucky, I think we'd all we'd all kind of take that at this point because we know that at the minute, you know, things are what they are and and we are rudderless, so to speak. You know, the, the worst thing will be if we go there, concede early, and then, you know, if we get done oh. three or four, then we might see a repeat of the, the kind of scenes that we saw post-match at Charlton. Well, weirdly, it's almost
2: the defeat at Charlton does allow John McGreal to say things like you've just said, look, play for pride. You know, I need to see you get up that pitch, win tackles, you know, stick one on you, all of that real basic stuff that fans always say, but you know, it might make them go to that base level and um, that all these cliches about earning the right to play. You never know. They might land on the ball even more. And then all of a sudden, you know, you are in possession more often. So that, performance might expedite McGreal saying that sort of thing look don't disgrace yourself and by you know by god just go go and fight obviously it's not a viable strategy for a whole season
3: is it but but as a a one-off game if he knows he's likely to be replaced next week he's got nothing to lose by saying that has he and if he gets a bit of a a bit of a, 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 a you know a bit of improvement out of them and they show something then at least he can say he made a difference for the second game he had in charge.
2: Yes. Right, Seb, we've got some plugs to do before we go to room 101. Can I hand over to uh, you for this? We've got Greyhound, we've got an interview, and we've got a giveaway.
3: Yeah, sure. So obviously the Greyhound is the, uh, uh, the, pre-match, the the pre-match show sponsor, so get yourselves down there. Also, we're not home this week, but there's still absolutely no reason not to go down there. Superb <laughs> venue, sit outside in the car park with the heaters on in the little pods, great range of food, great range of beers. I assume they'll be updating their, uh, their menu now that, that Paul Cook's gone, and I guess they're awaiting the new <laughs> manager to bring out... Whatever kind of sausage or lasagna-based meal will be based around whoever joins us. So, get yourselves down there. Superb venue, and obviously next weekend before the Sunderland game, get yourself down there as well.
2: Trying so hard to do a John Terry food pun.
3: Maybe if you give me another <laughs> five, five, ten minutes. But
2: um, and the interview with Abby
3: Lafayette. Yeah, obviously Rich has done an interview with Abby. Uh, we sponsor her on the on the Blue Monday. So get yourselves on there. It's a really great interview. It's you know it's a side of the club that's just so positive, so successful, so positive. It's it's a stark comparison to the men's team so you know give it a listen and uh, and get and get behind that one and we also have a giveaway as well for the uh, the Paul Mariner book because he did the interview uh with the author we've got uh, two copies to give away he's tweeted it out tonight I think he's put it on Facebook as well uh, all you have to do is like the video uh, so retweet the tweet that he's put out tonight leave a comment on the video uh, and quote your Twitter alias on this so we know who you are or take a picture of your comment and pop it in the replies and I think he's announcing the winner on Saturday night I think it is brilliant stuff yeah um so you can win yourself a copy of the uh, paul
2: mariner book by mark donaldson and also obviously you can go and check that interview out as well um maybe get the best of both worlds maybe win the book but yeah do please leave your name in there we've done these giveaways before yeah. seven we have no idea and you try and contact people via youtube or whatever and ain't happening is it right um shall we go to room 101 seb I like to move it, move it. It sounds like, who sang that? I like to move it. Who who sang the original that I like to move it? Mm, mm, mm. I can't think. Someone tweet me tomorrow who sang the original I like to move it. I'm going to need to Google it in a minute. Um, Here are the um, Football 101. um, (laughs) Don't look at me down the bottom league tables there. Uh, Seb, uh, with a points per game of 0.45, uh My points per game, Seb, is zero point <laughs> zero zero <laughs> because what you... was yours? Was your oh yours was the. Oh, it's, um... just, I was just, it's just me moaning about football fans, which is exactly <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to do again today. <laughs> 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 just about the fact I spend all day, every day talking to them. But no, you um, I thought you were very disrespectful because it was my first go on room one hundred and one, and you came in with I follow, and I remember you saying, "Oh, my choice is," and I'm like. Oh, Point <laughs> point. That's like that's like getting I, a red card after two minutes, isn't it? I'm
3: not gonna win I, I this one. I should have kept I try and keep the big guns when I take on Rich because obviously we're quite competitive <laughs> between the two of us. So I probably should have kept that one for a, for a home banker. I thought I'd win it last time out with short corners. I thought that's gonna be a guaranteed win, but he he absolutely destroyed me with his uh lack of time wasting being punished by referees. It wasn't even close, it was I think it was like seventy five, twenty five percent or something. So yeah, you don't you don't always know. Far be it for me to plug another
2: podcast, but there's a podcast with a journalist and with Keith Hackett. Do you remember Keith Hackett, the um, the old UEFA referee? The ref, yeah. And all of that stuff that you're talking about gets brought up, shepherding the ball out, um, time wasting, and not getting punished. And um, you, you actually realise it from the um, from the rest point of view, particularly with these informal laws that have just allowed to get a little bit out of hand, bit by bit yeah. by bit by bit and time-wasting is certainly one of those um right well do you want to go first then Sid, with your selection for Uh, room 101, see if
3: you can beat me again. I can do, yeah. So this week, I've gone for this new offside rule. I think it came in a couple of years ago. The rule where if a player is offside, the flag stays down, the player runs through, gets his shot off, and either the keeper saves it, or he misses, or he scores the goal, and then, you know, it comes back, and the linesman puts his flag up, and we see the replay, and he was miles offside. I don't understand why. If it's tight, I understand, but if some of them are so obvious, just, just put your flag up. And the reason it's it's irked me. I was watching the Man United Arsenal game a couple of weeks ago and I think it was Ronaldo was through and he had the shot and it went out for a corner. I think it came off one of the uh, Arsenal defenders. They don't the pull ref- it back, do they? It's a no, new the ref face. gave the yeah. corner. Yeah, he gave the corner. But on the replay, he was miles offside. So if United then score from the corner, then there would be held to play. So I don't understand why we have this 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 new rule. <laughs> you know, the offside rule seemed to be okay for years. So if it's blatant, why not just stick your flag up and, and stop the play straight away? So everyone in the stadium knows what's going on, and everyone who's watching on telly and can't see that, you know, it's straight away it's uh, being pulled back, knows what's going on as well. It's a, it's a stupid. Rule and go back to the old one for me.
2: Ronaldo's clever though, isn't he? Because he knows he's like five yards offside. So if I yeah. let the guy catch
3: up yeah. and kick I'll, it off him, um, we're with, with get... the corner and we play on.
2: I think that's quite a good shout. It's rubbish that rule. I can see yeah. why they. I can see why they brought it in for the for the tight one. So you don't get that one where the flag goes up. The guy yeah, sticks t- the ball in the net, and he should have been
3: offside. But yeah, t- tight calls are absolutely fine. By all means, let it go. But but it's, it's every offside, isn't it? And sometimes they're so far offside, it's ridiculous. And even the players kick off about it sometimes. You know, the player will shoot, get the whistle goes, gets pulled back, and the players will almost look at the uh, look at the linesman and say, "Just just put your flag up straight away," you know. To give David Diamond some credit, which I don't like to do, I think it's a very bad
2: idea. In fact, he's been saying for years because um, he sits right um, behind the lino on the um, so it'd be on the right on the dugout side in the pioneer, so he really watches what the linesman's kind of up to he's been saying for years that their power has been gradually taken away taken away and yeah like you've just you've just said with this you get to the point of well if he's not going to flag for an offside and we've got twenty cameras around here what, what's, what's the point what's the point what's the point now what what are they adding and yeah we all agree ref's need need help, but yeah, it's essentially taking responsibility away from a linesman isn't really what yeah that's a that's a good call. Um my my room one oh one suggestion Seb is three words three words which apparently solve any losing football team in England or from a tweet I saw the other night I think it was like in Turkey or somewhere two up top get two (laughs) up top So you've just um, spent a lovely old time telling me how good Wigan are at playing a 4-2-3-1. It strikes me that, um, and we we love football fans, but often people um, in situations where maybe they don't quite understand what's going on, they like to simplify, don't they? And make (laughs) make it into a a single-factor analysis, yeah? Yeah. And it seems to me that the way of solving... I'm always having a go with Dave about this one. The way of solving anything... Ah, oh, you need to play two up top, don't you? It
3: fixes everything.
2: F- fixes absolutely everything. Two up top. Sometimes that argument has some merits, um, you know, if you are getting good possession wide and maybe you're a little bit light in the box. But um, just to me, the premise that a well executed four-two-three-one is not as good... As a four-four-two, when clearly there'll be more people in the box, and if it's done well, and that the preeminent manager of our generation, he literally doesn't care who he plays number nine, does he? Played Jack Grealish number nine the other night, for God's sake. So, um, do you agree with me, Seb, that is ridiculous that um, whenever there's and I, I go on Twitter and loads of fans that like, I need to just play two up, two up top. <laughs> that that was sorted. Just get two up top on, and then we're sorted.
3: I, I I do agree with that one. I have to say that's a, that's quite a good shout as well because obviously every top club in the world plays one up front, so it's clearly the best the best <laughs> system to score the most goals and win the most games. And you just gave you know Guardiola as an example. You know sometimes he he doesn't play any kind of striker. He's almost, he's almost got a flat just a flat three and no one at <laughs> six, six midfield. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So no, that's a, that's a very good shout. And to be fair, that that might give me a run for my money this week. Nah, I'm I'm eminently dislikable, Seb. Well, I've got, nice I've got Dave's vote. vote straight away, haven't I? So I've got one. <laughs> so straight away, as soon as that goes out, if Dave if Dave can find it on Twitter, I've got that one straight away. Oh, dear. Uh, I, I do say that with the full understanding that I know
2: tactics are cyclical. So like, come
3: back,
2: uh, yeah, yeah ticky the what's the remedy for that? It's Klopp, isn't it? And, you know, play faster and get the ball direct. So, yeah, we will get, Two up top, and we'll probably get four four two back at some point when you know, once everybody takes the third man out of central midfield, everyone else will have to follow suit. But yeah, I think it might be um a few years. Uh lovely stuff, Seb. I'm glad we kept that light today in the um in the wake of our manager being fired and the near right at the end of our abject defeat three months after our um wonderful takeover, and it's all going to hell in a handbasket. But um Seb, if we're sat here next time next week, are we gonna have we hit the emergency pod button, and some people have had to run away from work and their children and leave their food in the oven
3: to talk about a new Ipswich manager? surely yeah the ownership are going to want him in before Sunderland aren't they so I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that <clears throat> well I guess the the only thing now we've got Barrow haven't we on Wednesday nights that's kind of thrown a bit of a spanner on, in the works because on tv as well I know it's got smells of Lincoln all over again hasn't it but I guess you'd want the manager to have the full week so I don't know if they just send the kids up to to Barrow and don't take it seriously I don't know but but surely we'll get some sort of announcement maybe maybe Monday afternoon Tuesday I, I don't know I'm just I've just Got a message from
2: an in-the-know contact. Um, Jonathan Terrence. Uh, <laughs> jo- Jonathan Terrence has, has apparently been spotted in um, in Ipswich. I don't know who he is. He's, he's a new name to me, Jonathan Terrence. But um, there you go. So that all sounds very South Park. Right. We've got about a million plugs here. Thank you to the Greyhound um, who sponsor this show. Obviously, thank you to – where are you on Twitter, Seb? At Brown S At BrownS08. Far less irritating than me. I'm at Benjamin Bloom, who I'm always trying to tweet and promote stuff the whole time. More importantly than both of us is the Blue Monday brand, at Blue Monday ITFC on Twitter, where you can find details of the Paul Mariner book giveaway, the Paul Mariner book author interview. Um, I, Even if I do say so myself, I think we've been across everything as it's been happening. There's been... More content that you can shake a stick out. I know the news cycle moves quickly. But if you want to check back, and not even for our reactions, um, but the stream with Richard and Craig straight after Paul Cook went, you can get a real good barometer of the fan reactions because they all yeah. appear on the screen as we go. So I think um, that's well, well worth checking out. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And... Abby Lafayette interview came out. Was it earlier today or was it yesterday? God, it uh, last know? night, I think. Last
3: night, last it, night,
2: wasn't it? And me we've
3: go. got the website as well, uh, uk. I've got to get them all in there or shout at me. as soon as yeah, soon t- Me too. Rich will start, start shouting me via text message. So. Me too. When are you going to put him in Room 101? <laughs> I was going to put ITFC <laughs> in Room 101 this week. I texted you, didn't I? Yesterday we were messaging saying, what time are we going to record? And I said, I've got a 101. I'm just going to put Itrich Town Football Club in. And I probably would have won, wouldn't I? Let's be honest. <laughs> You'd have won with a landslide, wouldn't yeah.
2: you? <laughs> um, Seb, brilliant stuff. Are you, are you still planning to go to Barrow or are you going to wait and see No, what I, the prevailing I was, mood is?
3: I was, but when it came out saying it was 20 quid a ticket, I'm just being lazy. Because I, I got a ticket for Anfield the next night, so I'm going to watch Liverpool play Newcastle on the Thursday. Oh, awesome. Um, so given the choice of the two, it was a, a bit of a no-brainer, to be honest with you. Hey, d- d- our listeners are going to hate this because we're talking about going
2: to watch I saw Liverpool play at Watford um, earlier. I was working to be fair. So I'm I'm far more worthy than Serving going to this game. He's doing it for pure pleasure. But um Salah, if he plays well, is um you'll you'll very, very, very much yeah. enjoy watching him in the
3: flesh. And are you along the sides or behind the goal? No, the so in the in great stand that well. they they built up. So I'm in that stand, I think. Quite up high, but but yeah. Uh, be, you're up in the gods. Yeah, it should be
2: decent. Yeah, it should be good, should be good. Some um Eddie Howe, but you can going to get Steve Bruce, but no, you're not. You're going to get Eddie Howe, but there you go. Right, thank you, everybody, for watching. This has been the preview show. Um, we'll be playing Wigan, obviously, on Saturday. And who is
3: it? Is it Mikey, Craig, and Joe, I think? Uh, definitely Mikey and Craig. I'm not sure if Joe's on it. I don't think he can okay. watch the game, Kenny. So I don't know. We'll, it'll be tweeted out. Obviously, get your questions in at full time.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and um, bear with us. There's been quite a lot to do in podcast land in um, Ipswich Town, and this goes back a couple of years now, not just the last few weeks. Right, thank you very, very much for joining us, Seb, and we will see you all very soon.
1: about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant.